Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Tom, Dick and Hyman show. I'm Tom. Oh wait, that's me. No, you're Tom. I'm Dick. No. I'm so confuffled with this whole Brexit thing. I must be Hyman then. Oh yeah, you are indeed Hyman. And we are joined by Tim, a very happy smiley Tim. Hello everybody. Wonder what he could be possibly so happy about. And uh, we're going to be talking about that later... And uh, at the very end of the podcast, we're going to be reviewing Independence Day 2, quite fittingly, it seems, right now. Yes, with all that Chinese money. Yep. But uh, before we get into any of that, we're going to be talking about Sadiq Khan, and one of the first things he's done is London Mayor. Boo. <laughs> Except for keep telling everyone that he's London Mayor. Guess what? I'm Asian. I'm the London Mayor. The son of a Dude, bus you driver. Dude, you didn't think it would happen. Well, it did. And my next press release... Basically the same. <laughs> Is that your impression uh, of Sadiq Khan? No, that's just me. You pausing. I thought you were trying to sound like. No, that's how he talks, though. Is he? He has a very staccato, right. funny way of talking. We're not I've doing this intro again. Khan We're not doing this intro again. We're just going to keep it like that. <laughs> All right. Yes, indeed. Sadiq Khan, son of a bus driver mayor, as he is now known. He's the only one that could ever reach me. <laughs> and, uh, one of his first acts as London Mayor. Tim, what has he done in regards to tube adverts? Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. He's basically, <laughs> he's, he's basically uh, set in motion uh, an order for advertising on TFL London Transport. It won't apply to the overground. For all, you, for all you For all you perverts who want your, your, your bit. On okay? the long journey, I need it. <laughs> basically, any advert that shows a bit of flesh that might upset someone who's unhappy about themselves in some way and yeah. are triggered by such displays of human physique. Rigor. Yeah. There was a bit of confusion. People Sorry, I'm going thought, on too much, basically. He basically yeah. is really pissed off about an advert for a product called Protein World, which had a girl in a bikini. But apparently yeah. this upset some people because they felt the advert was denigrating them. Because what was the slogan? What was Are you beach body ready? I won't mm. sleep with you. <laughs> my, my only real problem with it, forget about censorship and stuff, is just, just pra- practicality. What about like a picture of a man's torso? To say that, I mean, there was a male equivalent of it. There was a male and a female one, which had the same slogan on it, which was, are you beach ready? And it had the female one. They're complaining about the female one, am I right? Listeners might remember this advert on the tube. It was the bright yellow advert with the monochrome model. And, um, yeah. People might... This was last year that this happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's only only brought this in now. He's announced this now. He's only just become mayor. But then it also shows how slow politics is. Because I got on the tube every single day. I saw that poster once. I think it only ran for, like, one month. Mm. And if people... Someone, uh, some woman hadn't got really upset by it. Mm. She took a photo and tweeted out something like, oh my God, this is disgusting. Look how sexist this advert is, blah, blah, blah. And then I think BuzzFeed uh, ran with it. They, okay, well, um, thank God, BuzzFeed. But uh, apparently... Gave it, it publicity. It, 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 but that's the thing. It, the publicity ended up being good for the company. I think it actually boosted their sales. Yes, yes, it, it is. Yeah. Of course it did. Any news is good. Any good news, bad news is good news. News is news. As, yeah, yeah. As someone, if someone mentions your brand in an angry tirade about something... People are going to go like, well, what are they talking about? i got to look this up. Go like, oh, well, actually, they do do kind of good products. Because the Advertising Standards Agency, ASA, 
they received only about, I think it was just under 400 complaints they got about this advert, right? However, there was an online petition that got 70,000 signatures, but we've yeah. said before, online petitions, they don't mean jack shit. It's just, you just click a button, there's nothing. Th to be honest with you, I think that body shaming, it can be a thing. If, if someone or something is deliberately setting out to make someone feel bad about something they might not have a control over, yeah? yeah you get some people who are proud to be fat, you get some people who are com compulsive eaters, but this advert, in the context it was just a picture of this woman if it had a picture of a fat woman next to this woman saying Ooh. are you beach body ready yeah, then yeah worse. that's body yeah. shaming because what is the definition of body shaming though oh sorry Han. well no I was just basically going to say the whole um, advertising has basically picked up the ball and run with this idea sex Cells. That's what it is. It is a sexual thing. Dentures, for fuck's sake, a soldier's gonna like, gotta have a winning smile. What the fuck's a winning smile gonna get you? It's gonna get you laid, that winning smile. That's what that winning smile is gonna do. Yeah, You're gonna get laid. Everything's like that. Like, are mouthwash. you beach buddy ready? Because someone wants to fuck you in the sand because they don't <laughs> understand sex. <laughs> people complaining they alleged that it was an act of body shaming an act of body shaming go on you were going to describe yeah. what body yeah, shaming is I went no, online I went on Google and the first result that came up was a website called bodyshaming.org and they had a he very helpful definition for us body shaming is defined as inappropriate negative statements and attitudes towards another person's weight or size and discrimination against individuals who may be overweight now according to this definition I don't think this advert are you beach body ready advert I don't think that meets body shaming I think Tim's example of Too if it were a fat woman and a side thin by woman, side yeah. yeah one's got a smile one's got a frown yeah. <laughs> no no and they should mark. have them shaking hands <laughs> but Hyman's Hi Hi right like what it boils down to is sex isn't it they're upset because they're saying I'd rather shag this person than you because they feel less sexually attractive that's the root of this why they're so pissed off because everyone wants to be attractive because they're saying like do you think it was actually an attempt to shame women into trying to lose weight could shame or, them into trying their product all adverts like you say prey on our imperfections but I don't think it was an attempt to shame women because I think this phrase beach body ready I've heard that phrase I've heard women say that mm. like, I'm going to get in the run up to body, summer yeah, yeah that you hear women say like one way not all women but you hear a couple of women say like oh yeah I need to be beach ready beach body ready they're just appealing to women's desires anyway women want to be yeah. look good in bikinis anyway which is but a positive women, not all women, it's, it's a positive thing though it's a positive thing to lose weight if you're overweight mm. it's a positive thing to be attractive to but other people there's a difference between losing weight and gaining muscle what do you think Sadiq has done this what do you think motivated him um, he felt ashamed I've come to Tim for a reason here definitely not his religious beliefs well read yeah. <laughs> some, some people some people have said that as, as, a, as a sly dig at him you know they said because he's a Muslim he thinks everyone should be you know covered up yeah now I actually saw a clip of Sadiq Khan talking on TV in a debate and he actually said he was an agnostic That's, not a practicing Muslim then no okay. hence he's at gay pride mm. but I think Sadiq's done this really not because he's Muslim not because he's populism. highly religious no it's populism he's Purely trying to populism. get in the good books of the feminists do you remember when Jeremy Corbyn got elected he made that tube proposal that he was going to have women only carriages so women don't get groped really on the tube right? doing the Japanese thing <laughs> yeah and women hated it there was a big backlash against it and I think Sadiq's trying to distance himself from Corbyn going like okay Corbyn pissed the tube women off I'm going to get in their good books by banning this advert that they don't like but I'm the sorry. problem is the advert was banned already Ruby's point Sadiq said nobody <laughs> should feel pressured while they travel on the tube or bus into un 
unrealistic expectations surrounding their bodies, and they want to send a clear message to the advertising <laughs> okay. industry. Okay, sorry, can I interject? Unrealistic. What, unrealistic mm. expectations. Images of unrealistic expectations of your body, right? What about the next fucking advert for Marvel superheroes or a computer <laughs> game? Yeah? There's a difference between fantasy and... No, it's not. No, all advertising is selling you a fantasy. It's selling you the yeah. prime... Like, yeah. okay, I, do... I permanently walk around in a fantasy state. Yeah, you wait, know, wait. Your Spider-Man you... costume. Yeah, <laughs> no. Was she photoshopped, the woman in the, the uh, Beachbody Ready ever? What's wrong? I don't what's... think she's naturally monochrome. This, do, you know why, do you know why I think it's sinister? Do you know why I think it's sinister? Go on. It's because it's trying to stif- it's stifle in people's aspirations. Every, everyone should just be like five foot seven and slightly pudgy. Be happy are, being a schlub. What? I'm, I'm, I'm six foot and half an inch. It's all and, about that. It's all about that half inch, man. Yeah, and you're body shaming us just by being tall. But I think it's bullshit because they kept saying unrealistic body, right? And yeah, look, I'm a little bit of a perv. I went to check her out. I figured out who it was. Um, the model, her name, I've got it somewhere. The model's name is Renee Summerfield, an Australian bikini model. Oh. Uh, she is just naturally thin. I mean, there is a there's an argument that for her height, she's probably like half a stone underweight or something like that. But she's naturally thin. She wasn't photoshopped to be thinner. They put a filter on it, obviously, yeah, to monochrome it. But so, is, do you think there's a tragic irony in that um, people saying she oh, that unrealistic body? She's like actually a- body shaming her. Yeah, yeah. Don't you understand the beautiful? Find it really hard, no? Because she were. I was reading the article about it, right? Because everyone was talking about her, and they kind of like they were basically dehumanizing her, and she was actually quite understandably mm-hmm. pissed off about it. And she was saying, "Look, I work really hard. I'm extremely disciplined to stay in this shape. Yeah. Uh, sticks to some sort of yeah. special diet, vegan diet. Basically, it's all in one direction, isn't it? You're Islamism. Like, no, it's no, all it's, in <laughs> one direction. Yeah, everyone just it's you all can, you, pointing out. Yeah, it's like she, mm. you like she can't body shame you by being beautiful, but you can body, sh- but you can body shame her because she looks good by being ugly no that's what you know what I mean it's like everyone was allowed to criticise how she looked and say she's yeah. skeletal and underweight mm. and oh, you know well, she's seen as the winner the winner in this Didn't, don't you understand she won by just being beautiful I just mean what I hate uh, now is just how the narrative now is being forced in just one direction that's what these these people like Khan want there's it, not really that many adverts because like I said the ASA it didn't contravene any of their regulations as far as they're concerned it was mm. an attempt to shame mm. fat women into getting thin it was an advert designed to appeal to the sort of woman who goes to the gym anyway already do you know what I mean who takes up uh, are you vitamins sure? and stuff like that are you sure it was women that are angry at other women are you sure women just aren't angry at men for looking at other women women are just obsessed with looks and not just them God how la- how they look yes. and how other people look but how things look they're very visual creatures like in prehistoric times men were out hunting wild boars women had <laughs> no listen yeah so not men, the Jews yeah well <laughs> as soon as the, the Jews you know appeared they were you know we, that's when we all started on them but like no the, <laughs> what I'm saying is, whereas women yeah. had to walk around like looking at different berries and stuff seeing which ones are poisonous which ones are edible so they're much better at multitasking but they're fascinated inherently with how things visually look you're saying they judge everything much with their eyes so Sadiq banned this advert now the problem is the advert, the advert was already banned but it wasn't banned for making women feel bad it was banned because the product was shown they tested it and it, it was shown not to actually work it doesn't actually help you lose weight at all so I mean there's only maybe I think they estimated like there would only be maybe 2% of adverts that would actually be mm. restricted mm. under Sadiq Khan's new yeah. guidelines now how come in these body shaming debates and discussions how come women's magazines never come into the conversation at all have you seen these women's magazines like Cosmopolitan and yeah, yeah, yeah. every so like I go into a news agents in uh, Soho right and they've got the women's magazine on the main counter right so every time I go up there I look at it and it's always celebrities and bikinis and this celebrity how did she lose her weight the joke of on, on the front page of going to like how to tell if your man is cheating and on the next page you're going to like how to give him the best blowjob ever <laughs> 
but 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 but, it, but again, there's a lot of visual stuff, isn't there, in the women's magazines? But why does it always escape this? Yeah. How is it always escaping the controversy? They mention page three girls. They mention this "Are You Beach Body Ready" advert, but they never mention women's magazines. The, the reason it's that the women's magazines don't come into it is because it really you could call a woman's to a woman, and women's magazine could be called "Interesting Things Monthly." Yeah, it's it's not called "Fat Shaming Monthly" because no one would buy that, would they? Yeah, but it if kind they, of is. Were, yeah, yeah, no, no. But if there was a if 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 all the words said like "Look at this fat bitch" or "You're fat," you're not as thin <laughs> as this person. They're saying that in the all these magazines and every newspaper is, there's a celebrity searching and like which you can basically read is oh my god did you see she has totally gained weight and she oh my god she was beautiful two days ago in that uh, magazine uh, dummy but don't no. wear vertical stripes uh, but do you think it's because women basically enjoy women's magazines and that's why it doesn't come into the picture Probably. do they enjoy it do they or do they well they sell passively aggressive hate it but love it love hate but I don't know there's, there's probably a, a, some sort of feminist movement somewhere that's critical of all oh, the women's there, magazines there is of I'm course sure there is. it is it's, sure it's one of the major benchmarks of it right. the whole idea of what how women are viewed as sti- still seen as a physical body <laughs> as opposed to a mind so th- so there must have been calls to ban them then at some point not that I'm aware of no I'm pretty, pretty sure they've been trying to get been in talks they've been trying to get rid of page three mm. girls since the 70s alright but Sadiq Sorry. Khan what are we are we what's our ruling on this advert banning well, it's a it's a vote grabbing it's like yeah. look at what I've done now that the thing is over it's like someone going like I've banned all second world wars from ever happening <laughs> <laughs> I think this is a, the continuation of what we've been doing for about the last 10 years now of just infantilizing women just trying to protect them from literally anything that makes them feel bad because these women when they see this advert and it makes them feel really shit about themselves wouldn't isn't looking in a full length mirror going to give them the exact same feeling aren't they going to feel no, like it, shit it, it's forcing people not as you said it's forcing people not to grow up yeah. they're basically saying you're protected you'll be a child for the rest of your life and the other thing is like however good you think you are there's always someone better than you you know however tough you think you are there's always someone tougher however yeah. you know you know you know what I mean it's, it's it, and like but people there's like the, the narrative now is like no everyone's got to be the same like I was saying earlier I don't like this so ban it it's a little Mary White House. But women are a little bit blind to the fact that we're put under similar pressures. Who? More Us. so. Men. They never notice, right? That, that row of women's magazines where they're all in bikinis, the row underneath that is the men's health magazines where it's all proper buff, chiseled dudes, do you know what I mean? And it's like, I remember I was dating a girl once and uh, I think we saw a trailer for, what's it called? What was the Dwayne The Rock Johnson and uh, Mark Wahlberg? Pain and uh, Game. Pain and Game. Yeah. Pain and Game. Where they're bodybuilders and all this mm. shit. And she's like, oh, doesn't, doesn't that affect you? at all doesn't that doesn't that make you feel inadequate and I'm like yeah briefly but then I think about okay if I want to look like that what I'm going to have to do is I'm going to have to go join a gym I'm going to have to start eating properly I'm going to have to start lifting heavy weights and I just can't be fucking bothered I'd rather just work on my personality in a 21st century global economy. So we need, as I say, a Brexit government. We need the negotiations to start as soon as humanly possible. We need to start thinking globally about our future. And the other thing I think that needs to happen is that June the 23rd needs to become a national bank holiday and we will call it Independence Day. 
Surprise, motherfuckers. It actually happened. Can you fucking believe it? Brexit. We broke it. We own it. True, yeah, fair point, yeah. Kind of a warning there. From <laughs> I don't think anybody expected it to happen. No one, not the bookies. It, it's, it's a miracle. And it's I trust miracle. the bookies with everything. Farage possibly could soon be Saint Farage or Sir Farage at the very least. <laughs> He we did get, it. We after, get to keep our sirs then. <laughs> he did it after 20 years of tireless campaigning for an exit from the EU referendum. Finally, it has happened. Whatever your politics, left ring, white ring, it doesn't matter. You know, we have our high court back. I think uh, Marine Le Pen's nipples have never been harder than what they are right now. I've wanted it to happen for at least 15 years. Since you discovered David Icke. That was part of it. I'll I'll admit that that was part of it. You know, forget about all the the lizards. Just basically talking about the concept of these transnational military, industrial, corporate Mm. entities that have somehow managed to either infiltrate or just transform um, what was meant to be a trading block. Because I know it's meant to be a secret ballot, right? But let's be ballsy and let's go around and reveal what we voted. <laughs> uh, Tim, I think it's probably remain, the most remain, obvious. Remain, remain. <laughs> so Tim obviously voted Don't leave. Of knows course, because I'm a lover of fucking humanity and freedom and independence. <laughs> I'm not a xenophobe. Ooh, that's not the narrative that came out. It's like you have to be a racist, xenophobic, uh, degreeless troglodyte. Or an old age pensioner. Yeah. <laughs> One of the two. Or someone who actually bothers to turn up to fucking vote, yeah. unlike a lot of under 25s did. But Hyman, what way did you vote? And up to. I spent the week basically rereading everything I could. And I basically came to the idea of that if you're not sweating bullets by the time you put a tick or whatever you do yeah. on it, then. Then you haven't got your heart put into it. If you just walked in, the swan in there, gonna go like, I vote Labour because my parents vote Labour. Yeah, yeah. Type thing. Then you're a fucking tard. Yeah. But are you like this uh, Mancunian, the famous Mancunian voter who voted leave and then regretted it the following day? I don't regret anything I did because I I said I put my heart into it. That's all that matters in the end. I put my heart into it. And again, I I feel. (laughs) That's all that matters. Like and I wholeheartedly believe it was there were good there were good there were good things to stay in there were bad things to stay in there were good things yeah and it was fuck it let's try something new I was I was genuinely torn for a long time and I did almost abstain I was going to put like two X's in both boxes just for it but I did in the end I was like you know what yeah fuck it take a risk you know so we all voted leave I don't think any of us have any regrets right I mean I'm so glad you voted though Tom because it ended up being very close. Cool. It, it was well, not that close, but you know, one million, like three hundred thousand, yeah, something like that. I think every vote. You can say every vote counted in every area because no. some areas were very, very close. Did you yeah. see the um, the photo of there was a polling booth that had uh, two very narrow doors, one on either side of the building, right? And then some idiot, someone put a sign outside each door, one for entry, one for exit, right? But they put in and oh. out. <laughs> and then someone on Twitter was like, oh my God, it's supposed to be a secret ballot and they're making us go through separate entrances. Well, there was That's a lot of concern brilliant. about the use of pencils. Oh, that was ridiculous. What's that? What? Yeah, because I think a lot of people thought MI5 would voted. be buying industrial amounts of erasers, rubbing <laughs> out people's crosses. Yeah, but I think these were people that had basically they'd never voted in their life, and yeah. so when they got in there and they saw there was a pencil there, they were like, "Well, yeah. you could just you can just rub that out and change uh, it." Hold on, where, where's the hanging Chad here? Hold on, I don't understand <laughs> voting here. So people were taking sharpies and yeah. <laughs> things into the polling booth. Wait, 
But uh, there's been immediate, immediate fallout. I think first and most prominent of which was um, David Cameron. Yeah. He has resigned. And, uh, it's weird, the video where... Um, why was Samantha Cameron stood, like, 15 feet away from him? I thought it was a bit odd. Well, she maybe she's like, really pissed off because he, he did... You know, I think the, the technical phrase is a A1 triple distilled fuck-up. <laughs> basically. He's basically think, fucked up. But parents. she looked like she he, just he, um, finished screaming at him <laughs> just before they came yeah, outside. No, honestly. Like, you fucking idiot, what yeah. have you done? But David Cameron was overheard as saying, um, why should I do all of the hard shit? And that was in reference to the fact that we have to negotiate the exit now with the EU, which David Cameron can't be bothered to do with. Why should he do the next Prime Minister's job? Because his fucking job, the twat. Another part of the immediate fallout was the pound sterling plummeted in terms of value. Please, it was gonna, it was gonna go down if it stayed as well. It was going up the day before. It went up a little bit. So I think even the banks and the stockbrokers, they were completely caught off guard as well. They were shocked. Any major decision that happens, everything loses value. Lose confidence. It loses confidence because the economy is a petulant child. Wow, something changed, or oh, I've heard something in the playground, so it must mean this. And of course. Fr- from my perspective, the economy was the only legitimate argument the Remain side had. Mm. You know, when they weren't calling people racists and xenophobes, um, they, they, mean, they, they, were, they were talking about that the facts that the pound will go down, there will be economic turmoil. Yeah. But like me, and a lot of other people like me, money isn't everything, you know? To be honest, though, we are kind of glossing over this. Can we, can we do a round table, all right? So we know who we voted for, but let's go around the table. Are you a racist, Tim? Um... No, but I think everyone. You pause hesitation. For me, I took an online "Are you racist?" test, and I scored twelve percent racist. <gasps> which you was, must totally be. Uh, it was described as uh, within an acceptable range. You know, in terms of the um, in know. terms of the economic fallout, we are yeah. glossing over it a little bit. It was a hundred billion pounds wiped out of the economy overnight. I mean, I think did we went from fourth to fifth or fifth to sixth? I don't know about that. Largest economy overnight. We'll, we'll probably get our credit rate and changed yeah it has been changed but that happened to America as well untrustworthy who gives, who gives a damn officially untrustworthy <laughs> sneaky <laughs> sneaky bankers there also may be a problem on the horizon with the amount of debt why do you guys think almost every journalist even the ones who were saying they were voting for leave they all thought Remain was going to win it how come do you think all these London based journalists they were completely caught off guard people just couldn't believe that we wouldn't we wouldn't be in the EU anymore you know people took it for granted so they took it they also took it for granted that it would status quo would stay. I think London-based journalists, they are just completely out of touch with anyone who isn't, as I say, quite often the North London bohemian. Yeah. It's kind of funny to watch these journalists uh, feign that they've just uncovered this massive rift in the UK. I was, I was like 12 years old learning about the North-South divide in England, North-South mm. divide in London. I mean, there's, there's a whole thing about journalism today which is basically, oh, well, we don't have any money to actually investigate something. Let's just have debate. Let's have people talk about it. Will anything get done? No, no, no. But we're seen as an open forum of information if we allow everyone to have their say. But there were there were a few choice uh, media outlets, only newspapers really, who came out very strongly in favour of Brexit, like the Sun, Independent, mm. and the, the Daily Mail. Not the, the Sunday Mail. Spectator did as well. Yeah. There definitely is a rift between London and pretty much anything north of London. Yeah. And 
anyone who lives north of London has known about that for decades. It's not anything new. Yeah. But it seems like, to me, uh, Labour basically gave up on the working classes about 20, 25 years ago. And this was the working classes saying to them, you really shouldn't have fucking done that. Yeah. But I think Labour is in such a delicate p- condition at the moment. They took the choice at the start of this campaign to take a back seat. Just let the Tories fucking eat themselves, you know? Uh, but this was genius by Cameron. He let Labour run the show for the last couple of weeks. You remember, it was uh, Alan Johnson was leading the yeah. Labour Party Remain but not, campaign. But not Corbyn. No, it wasn't called Corbyn. Everyone, oh, this is why I don't so understand. So, like, Labour's more like Labor. a committee than a party now. It's so weird what happened there, right? The Labour membership overwhelmingly voted for a guy they knew was a Eurosceptic, and they also knew that a referendum on EU membership was on the horizon. Why are they acting so bitter and disappointed that Jeremy Corbyn... I mean, did you see the photo of Corbyn coming out of the polling booth? He had this really wry, kind of, I've done something naughty mm. smile on his face. <laughs> I think he voted leave. Yeah. There's been uh, the Parliamentary Labour Party have been making moves. They've uh, initiated a vote of no confidence in Corbyn as leader. So, like, the knives have come out for Corbyn. Yeah, they just basically delayed tearing their party apart until after the referendum. <laughs> Tories did it during the referendum. Because I think, al- although but, um, both Conservatives and Labour, they've had, like, divides now, I think the Tories will come back and reunite quicker than Labour does. Because the, like, the, the Tory, their entire raison d'etre is, we hate Labour. Yeah. And that's what unifies Tories. So as long as there's a Labour Party, there will always be a Tory party that hates it. How has Remain side, how have they reacted to the loss? The Romania side? I don't know what the Romanians thing was. <laughs> the Romanians. <laughs> well, for them, the, the sky has fallen. Yeah. Blood is raining. They're, they're clutching their pearls tighter than ever before. I swear, it was, it was just judging from social media, we've, like, bred a generation of fucking... Coward, hysterical people. It was less than 24 hours, and people would, the sky was falling. Let's march on Parliament. They, um, at least, at least wait a day. Yeah, they accosted Boris outside of his house. Yeah, Do you see that? Spitting at him, shouting Scum. at him. They would have hit him if they could. Yeah, probably. I'm, I'm surprised the server didn't crash with Twitter <laughs> or Facebook. Broke the, the internet. Am- yeah, yeah, without with the amount of comments everyone had to say. The uh, the young kind of I would say student left. They organised a very quick protest to go down to News Corp HQ, so uh, Rupert Murdoch's right. con- massive newspaper conglomerate. Yeah. And that's kind of a bit of... Um, the left have got themselves stuck in this easy, simple answer of anytime something doesn't go their way, it's because of Rupert Murdoch. But the thing is, Rupert Murdoch, there was at least one paper of Murdoch's that actually came out for Remain. I think it was the Times newspaper. They backed remain so you can't just keep blaming everything on Murdoch no. and the, the other thing that really strikes me is the vitriolic anger you know like they're so angry but I, I think the anger is because subconsciously or even you know consciously they feel like they're being tricked would lied to yeah. and that's why they're so angry they feel like they're being thwarted no one likes losing obviously no one likes but... losing but they feel like they're, 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 they're being like fucked over but they don't realise that the system they're in is the one that was fucking them over one common thing was because uh, like you I think you both pointed out earlier 18 to 25 year olds 75% for Remain but what I haven't seen is how many 18 to 25 year olds actually voted like what percentage of them voted yeah. when do you think we're going to get those results never no. not, well, not if got... they look bad if it makes the young people look bad like only no, 5,000 no. ended up voting well, they, they've decided they really do hate the baby boomers and that the baby boomers fuck them over no. I keep seeing this don't oh, you, uh, get me wrong I think the baby boomers 
are fuckers. I hate the baby boomers. Uh, baby boomers are total, total arseholes, but they're arseholes with volition. Talking about our parents here, man. Yeah. <laughs> no, this is right. therapy. You didn't know I do this for therapy? But you're right. Their generation had a unique opportunity because they had all the information about the things they were doing to the environment. Mm. They could have stopped it. They didn't. You know, the children of the 60s, they, they, they meant to love the earth. You know, they, they kept doing yeah, all these things. Things are getting progressively better. Yeah. You Look know? at all of them, like, so the, in our country, like the, the buy-to-let thing, you know, half half of that generation have become um, landlords now, so they've sort mm. of priced their own kids out of properties. Yeah, but listen, yeah. this is one possible silver lining is that house prices are going to come down now, yeah. which would be good for millennials. But millennials are now saying they don't want anyone over a certain age to be able to vote in elections and referendums. Yeah. They really do fucking hate democracy. I think the millennials will try to kill democracy if they can. Mm. Did you notice on Facebook, I saw quite a lot of this, people saying, how could this happen? How could we leave? I don't know a single person who voted for leave. All of my friends, all we all voted remain. Do you think remain side lock themselves inside of an echo chamber? A lot, a lot of the ones in London will could could walk around town all day, meet up with all their friends, and they'd never bump into one person who voted to leave. Especially if you look at some of the percentages in the London boroughs. Now, this is going to be a real fucking minefield. But you've got places like you know Lambeth, where it's like was it over seventy percent or more wanted to remain. You know, mm. the complete mirror opposite of you know the rural areas the other parts of the country the north and there's a lot to be said about the population densities in that area and i think birmingham was the only big city to vote leave majority leave yeah which was a surprise but there were other places that were surprising you know really? for leave yeah birmingham no that's yeah. not a surprise but, but, birmingham. but like i say Lon- london is very different and these people they might sort of scream conspiracy because they genuinely have never met someone who wants to leave yeah. you know i feel sorry for i feel sorry for every city that's got the <laughs> european co- uh, culture center of the year <laughs> Liverpool. They're going to have to give that trophy back. They don't get to keep it. As, as, a, as a big German guy going up the M6 in a Mercedes now to get that trophy. Of course he is. He, but he's taking the most economical route around. <laughs> and of course the Mercedes is like gold-plated and runs on diamonds. <laughs> <laughs> Drive, driving up the road going like, we're never going to sell you with these cars. Going like, yes you will, you fucking tar. Because <laughs> I remember in the mid-90s there was no one in politics who gave a shit about pensioners at all. Mm. So pensioners were dying in their thousands in the winter and all this and then the pensioners got organised collectively went out and voted for their own self-interest and that shift politicians who they care about more moved from like your 20 30 year old 30 somethings to pensioners now the millennials what they have to do to reverse that is to come out en masse and vote why are you helping them I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and of course the other the other the other feature now is that the you know grey generation has a lot more money now. More to, wealth. More wealth. Especially Not the ones well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but you know, from, from the last few years of the property boom, like I say, a lot of these middle aged people, um mm. they're they you know, they're 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 quite well off. Do you think but, there should have been a straight up just yes, no, remain, leave, vote, or do you think they should have actually broken it down into do you want this type of relationship, no. this type of trade agreement? Because no, that's not that's that, that's not no no that's not yes no that's yes yes because that's like we're still in Europe we could still leave you can't can't engage with the electorate with any nuance no one gets (laughs) nuance Mm. no one wants nuance they no they talk
talk of nuance in the pub and around people and they give speeches about nuance but when it comes down to it no one wants nuance they want yes no mm. but that's how i wanted it as well and i was pleased i just got a yes and no which for me was a binary choice between good and evil in a, <laughs> no in essence which is simple choice for me but not a, for a lot of people it seems in essence leaving allows us to add nuance to it i'm i'm worried that the people that said leave were just hyperbole and it was just <laughs> yeah we left good what happens now I don't, I don't know. Oh, no. what, what What do you think? I no was knows. hoping you would know. Nobody like, knows. Do you have a plan? I don't even have an idea of a plan. I fucking hope. This is the problem with politics. It's all promise. Yeah. And no balls. Mm. But for, for me, how I feel after it, I, I thought I'd be really happy. I am actually really happy. But I also feel a bit funny because um, I wanted to protest, but I'm not an anarchist. Protest what, though? The the, the su- supranational military industrial corporate entity. I've got to get an acronym for that. But do you know, do you know what I mean? Like, um, that's, that's, that's how I felt. I don't think it'll be... I don't think anyone will be able to say definitively whether it was a good idea or a bad idea for at least at least five years maybe even more no history will tell Mm, yeah yeah. five years from now there could be some other war somewhere and on top of all the people fleeing wars now there could be another load of people fleeing another war into europe and it could like really kick off we'll be glad we're out (laughs) but we'll still help that's the thing just because we're out of it doesn't mean we won't be humanitarian and help necessity is the mother of invention isn't it yeah and uh britain has a great you know track record of inventing things like what uh, gonna put you on the spot there democracy uh, we invented democracy that was Athens globally we've had our fingers in a lot of things you know what we, we came up we had, with we had Hong xenophobia Kong. we invented xenophobia the British Empire basically did a lot of bad things did a lot of good things as well it's like the Roman Empire did a lot of bad things spread a lot of civilization around it brought British Empire tapas. yeah but we you know we brought <laughs> like a few railways to places and, but I, what I'm interested in is just traditionally how the rest of the world had an idea of the British character you know everyone has preconceptions about sort of national identity and how people behave and like Britons are like a nation mm. of you know they're probably not very exotic wild people they're meant to be quite grey and dull um, everyone always thinks we're drunk yeah which but, yeah, we, okay. we, but we do have that sort of British there is that sort of British sense of I don't know fair play even though we probably con people around the world just as much as anyone else I do think there is that at least that tradition in this country of fair play and I think that that didn't sit well with being a member of yeah, big, well, linked, the body of linked Europe. to the Magna Carta is our commitment to common law mm. the law is above oh, everything and else well, we, we've got this polite revolt type thing I and mean, the Magna Carta was basically like uh, actually um, we're finding we're making a lot of money selling shit so uh, we're kind of sick of giving most of our money to the king and not owning any land here. So how's about um, king fucks off a little while and the rise of the merchant class? Mm. I think, but I think just as an identity uh, is very different from the European identity, mm. purely through geography, being an island nation. Like we never had that sort of cross pollination at borders. We've always had invasions. That's how we've mm. always seen foreign interaction as as mm. opposition, as opposed to to like proper neighbours where you're land linked, or like your cousin might be a little bit Italian because you're on the border. You know but, what I mean? No, but but that's that's also quite a British thing, uh, an English thing as well. Like you ask any European, anyone from any other country, they could probably describe what that country is perfectly. I can't. I find it very hard to describe what an English person is. I'm very different to what Englishness the, what the North of, is. English. 
Britishness I mean, was usurped yeah. by Britishness. Englishness has kind of gone. Well, uh, in the South, it's kind of gone. In the North, yeah. there's still a feeling of Englishness and patriotic. I quite describe it in the same words that other countries spend so much fucking time trying well, what, to shore up well, what about with their young children of this is what mm, it no. means to be French. But that's inside. That's how we see ourselves. Mm, I'm no, interested how other no. people see us. And they other countries do have no, a definite yeah, no. image. <laughs> they, they, they do have a definite image of Brits. Like, do they see, like, the, the English gent or, like, the sort of sexually repressed, you know... American women always have always viewed English men or British men as gay because they're not as not nearly as forward as American men are. But Speak for yourself. Who else? There was someone <laughs> else. So Nigel Farage wasn't the only person who was visibly incredibly happy. Hitchens, a long-time Eurosceptic, the smile on his face. They're gonna, he's going to break down a little bit of what he thinks happened. Well, I think you should vote in, but it, a lot of yeah, them didn't. But it's a reappearance of something which, which died, which is the old conservative patriotic part of the, of the Labour Party which has been suppressed and ignored by Blairite's leadership for many years and here it is, it found a way of actually expressing itself. In the normal general election it was loyal to Labour. It either didn't vote for Labour or it certainly didn't vote Tory but on this occasion it's been able to come out and give a really serious kicking to people it doesn't like. I think it's very encouraging. I've always thought that, that there was a, a, a great possibility in this country for a coalition between that vote and, and the, the, the old-fashioned socially conservative Tories who've been similarly sidelined by their Blairite leadership. And now it's happened. So the Blairites are on the run, which has to be a good thing for anybody's point of view. Yeah, I think he's right. Cameron was the uh, successor to Blair. He is, he's kind of Blairite. Right. right. So uh, talking <laughs> of um, British Independence Day, coming up next, we're going to be talking about a Roland Emmerich film, the sequel to the 1996 Independence Day. Which coincidentally came out on our Independence Day. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. A distress call. Why are they screaming? They're not screaming. They're celebrating. They're coming back. It has its own gravity. What goes up must come down. Shouldn't we be nervous? Um, yeah. Alright, movie talk. Movie talk. What uh, what picture did we go see this week, Hyman? What Hi, picture did you make me watch? <laughs> I requested. You, you requested, and I relented and went to go see. In my time off to see this, you bastard. We went to go see Independence Day 2, Roland Emmerich Return from the Grave! It's got a really weird name. Independence Day Resurgence. Resurgence. That's such a weird choice of word there. Like, it should really have just been revenge, right? It's like someone typed it into thesaurus. What is the, another word for revenge or two or something like mm. that? Because no. um, two decades have passed since the events of the first in Independence Day. Twenty damn years. And twenty mm. years in the movie universe yeah. as well. So this, this takes... Yeah, as I said, this takes place 20 years in the future, and we've got... We've well, it's now, it's 2016. Yeah, 2016, and it's, we've adapted. We've taken the crashed ships, we've taken their alien tech, and we've been preparing for war. We live mm. in this one unified world, uh, EU, Eurish. <laughs> yeah, the world's come together. The alien threat brought the whole world together, so no, there's been no conflicts. That was that no line No conflicts in the film, whatsoever. Yeah. Everything is peace and harmony. Everyone likes China now. Yeah, everyone likes China. 
China. Everyone still follows America. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. We've got a base on the moon where we're going to build this giant gun to protect us, and we've got satellites that are protecting us as well. There was a base on Saturn, the moon of Saturn, as well. Yes, as well. Which and you don't they, you don't see the destruction of it. It's just off camera. Someone tells you like, oh, it, we've, we've lost Saturn. Like, we're told about it. That a lot of the original cast from the first '96 Independence Day came back. So Jeff Goldblum's in it again. Bill Pullman playing this kind of post-traumatic stress, disheveled, disheveled, big, broken. Yeah. So it's but, 20 years in the future. We're waiting for the aliens. We see an alien coming at us. We shoot it down. Turns out it's not an actual alien. These aliens that we know. So we go salvage what we can from their ship. And then you know what I like about the how aliens quickly... come. The big mothership that's basically the continent of Europe. But you know, I like how quickly you went through the first kind of five minutes there because it was so rushed. There's this base on the moon. We meet uh, Luke Hemsworth. Luke Hemsworth, younger brother, the younger Chris, brother, the, the definitely less talented, yeah. and he's helping. He's helping build this big laser on the moon, right? But and he's then a, he's a rogue. He's such a rogue. This wormhole appears, and this big spherical alien ship comes through it. And uh, for some reason, Jeff Out Goldblum. Out of nowhere. So that you've got all the world leaders looking at this spaceship, and for some reason, Jeff Goldblum is included in the call because they're all all the world leaders are like, we should shoot it, shoot it now. The Americans were like, shoot it now. The French were like, mm, yeah, okay, maybe we will shoot it now, and they do shoot it, and it it just. The way it flew away when it got shot, it was like it had no mass to it whatsoever. No, but I, it all happens in a span of like thirty seconds. Spaceship appears. Should think, we shoot it? Yes, we shoot it. Bam! The spaceship's gone. The thing I love about that scene is it's such an inconvenience. This alien spaceship because they're celebrating twenty years of the original attack. This is twenty years. I've got to get to a parade here. Fucking yeah. aliens coming in when I've got a parade here. Just, just shoot quickly, it down. Just, just quickly deal blow with it out of the sky. Can I ask a question? Because yeah. I've not seen the movie. So this, this this first alien ship that is actually benign does it look very spoilers does it does it look very different yeah from it's the, a it's a sphere giant floating so you, you know so it um, actually looks so it actually looks quite quite nice yeah because yeah, that's what Jeff Goldblum said he's like oh yeah. it doesn't look like the that's other it isn't ones, it it's yeah. like typical humans just it's lashing out giving up yeah. the same telemetry <laughs> we go down to Earth and it looks like I was kind of struck by how quickly we seem to have rebuilt all of the major cities because they were completely mm. wiped out in the first Independence so. This but we used the alien somehow we got the alien technology working even though in the first film they established we've had their alien ship for like 60 years but we couldn't figure out how to turn it on mm. suddenly they know how to make the alien technology work they even referenced like there's one ship that landed in the original movie yeah a bit of a wreck that, on here that, that didn't that couldn't turn the technology on couldn't do anything they basically turned around going like how did you get how did you turn the lights on going like we didn't it yeah. just turned on two days ago going like then how the fuck did you make the other actual yeah. weapons and like stuff we have like laser that. guns laser rifles and things like that and like film. hover ships and but s- do you remember there was there was a glaring hole in the first film right and it was why did the aliens come here there's like Brent Spiner who returns in Independence Day 2 oh. he gives this he gives one line where he's like well they're kind of like us and so maybe they came here for the resources right but you didn't really understand what that meant and this is the second film was wrecked on this by saying a ship landed was it the Congo or Nigeria or something 
Yes, yeah, it was in, it was in Africa somewhere. Yeah. And it, yeah. they started drilling down into the Earth's core. And so we're told that's what they came here to yeah. do. They they're here to take, take our energy. molten metal. Yeah, they're going to take all the energy from the Earth's core. This is what they do. They go from planet to planet, destroying the central core. To fuel okay. their ships. Yeah. So that, For fuck's sake, why don't they find another fuel source? <laughs> <laughs> so what was in Congo, that was basically what was happening during the first Independence Day film. Yeah, they didn't yes. see because oh, okay. they retconned it. <laughs> okay. But then, so very, very quickly. Do you remember in the first film, there was a really nice, suspenseful build-up where the ship slowly, oh, yeah. the shadow slowly yeah. comes over yeah. the cities and yeah. then they just sit there and they're yeah. waiting and you've got that tension. Mm. Like, what? oh God, what the fuck's going to happen? Mm-hmm. Like, there's none of that in this no, film. No, basically in the first movie, the all of the energy and tension comes in the first and the second act. And mm. then the third act is boom, 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 action, 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 great, great, great. Right? Yeah. This movie basically has a first act as you go like, here are all the people you remember. There, you recognise him? There, 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 there. You've seen them? You've seen them? You're like, that's the black guy. Yeah, oh, it's not uh, the well, original black guy. A notable absence. Will notable Smith absence. was not in it. Ah, but his son is in it. <laughs> no, but <laughs> not, no, the, no, he's not, it's not the son. Not Jaden. No, yeah. but the actor and the character is the son. And there's going like, ah, oh, so we've got a lineage in it. Yeah, there was an attempt to kind of do the Star Wars Episode Seven bridging of the generations where all of the original cast have children. Well, I mean, most of them had children in the first film yeah. and they've grown up now. And they're all really super important. They're either like politicians or they're Fighter these jet amazing, pilots yeah, or... amazing pilots. But it didn't really work. Our whole lives built up to this moment. It's touchdown over the Atlantic. Which part? All of it. Make them pay. Not going up there to make friends. We've got to remind them Earth is not for the taking. So, yes, the alien ship now lands on Earth. How big is it, Haimo? Oh, it is big as Europe. The way I saw it... 3,000 miles wide. Because it covers the entire ocean. And guess who's in the ocean? Jeff Goldblum's dad. Uh, Is it David Hurst? Who has no reason for being in this movie. (laughs) The only reason he's in it is he agreed last minute and they wrote in a whole section of scenes for him. And obviously part of his agreement was, look, can can I turn the Jewish bit down a little bit? Like, he was super Jewish stereotype in the first you you never trust my david i love him alive in that, if it wasn't for my david i loved him in that first one <laughs> that scene yeah. you remember that one yeah, yeah, yeah. you would no, be dead if it wasn't for my david but they played up the whole i'm a father i'm gonna look after kids i've lost my kid because he's so goddamn important i've raised him too well does he live or die he lives he lives yeah and in classic roland emmerich style everyone just kind of conveniently meets up yeah. So he's in this boat, right, when this giant 3,000-mile-wide ship lands on Earth, and it almost kills him. And then these bunch of kids are driving around, and he well, he was, like, kind of almost hanging off of he's the yacht. He's hanging off this boat. Looking half dead. But then one of the kids goes, oh, his, his arm moved, he's, he's still alive. So the big giant ship, the reason it's so large, is uh, taking a page out of uh, Aliens here. Oh, it's totally Aliens. Hive mm. mind, baby. Yeah. Okay. So if there's a hive mind, that means there has to be a mother brain, Big and that's nest. the queen. Yeah. So that's why she's she's at the very top of this massive ship, and she's like 20 times bigger. She's She is about the size of like a 20-story building. Wow. She is huge, all right? And then she puts on her cyber suit, which is... Like <laughs> the armor, which is, which is the armor that was in the uh, in the first movie. If you remember, like the aliens were yeah. in these suits. It's like a carapace, isn't yeah. it? Like exoskeleton. Yeah. Don't get all technical with us here. <laughs> I love the word carapace. I try and use it whenever I can. So Brent Spiner in the first film, 
it's pretty clear he's dead, right? You know, the alien wraps around his neck and talks Data, to him. Data died. He, he's obviously dead in the first film, but no, he was in. A, he was just in a 20-year coma, and when the aliens arrive, he wakes up. 20-year coma with his gay lover. <laughs> Brent Spiner yeah. looked like he was having the time of his life doing this film. Oh, he was given every line. He you know, was given everything. One thing I did notice, a clear difference between this and the first film. The first film was a lot brighter, with a lot more colours, mm. whereas this is all most of it's in like underground bases like poorly lit it basically expects you to have seen the first movie to know oh, yeah. refer- to know all the yeah. references because it was similar to the first film in terms of like tone was just all over the place like there were some really awkward comedic one-liners that were misplaced like something serious has happened and someone tells this kind of shit joke mm. and it just didn't like he can't do comedy rolling the, 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 the chris hemmer's character has a sidekick character who is oh, like God, this yeah. yapping dog talking of dogs one thing i really <laughs> talking re- of dogs i like that one, yeah. one thing i really remember from the first independence oh, day God, that was bit, this yeah, seeming, in seemingly indestructible dog that was um you know will smith's uh girlfriend and son's or wife's uh, the dog. labrador yeah, yeah and it sort of survived all these explosions and stuff and that's I, when the that's the point that film went off the rails but, you know it's, it's something for the audience is there anything like that in in this film is there any cats or hamsters There's no yes bill pullman <laughs> bill pullman yeah. we want him to survive we there love were, him any I animals any animals in this film but yes bill were, pullman he's an animal <laughs> there were iconic shots in the first film that, uh, that aren't really you know the the actual destruction of the cities in the first film yeah it it took its time and no, let it you pours. sink in it mm. pours it basically yeah. added like weight to it whereas in this one this ship is so massive it has its own gravitational pull so right. when it comes into our orbit everything wow. gets lifted up into yeah. the air it has this and mon- it's maybe one of the most intense city destruction porn kind of scenes that you've ever seen in your life but, but it's too quick did but you see it in 3D? Pre- sorry yeah, no okay, yeah. I refuse to I watch no it in choice. 3D do you think it would be better in 3D or worse in 3D? Mm, about the same I'd say same. I don't think an extra third dimension will add anything to this <laughs> film won't no. give it any more depth it won't no. <laughs> <laughs> I love it yes that city destruction sequences had like a quick montage of like oh you know the Taj Mahal you know yeah. uh, the uh, Eiffel Tower you know Big Ben type thing and then Jeff and Goldblum be- goes and I believe in every trailer for every other country they right, have yeah. they cut it because in, in this country we had like it kind of stayed heavily on Big Ben is destroyed so mm. you English people you gotta care about this I had years to get us ready we never had a chance. We didn't last time either. We convinced an entire generation that this is a battle that we could win. We sacrifice for each other no matter what the cost. And that's worth fighting for. It's the 4th of July. So let's show them some fireworks. They like to get the landmarks. This film had the same problem as the first one, right? The insurmountable threat that can't be defeated, and then Jeff Goldblum comes up with an idea. But he's helped out in this one. With his father again saying that's the whole thing. And well, like, we're fighters. That's what no, we he do. got he got extraterrestrial help in this one. Like that ship that showed up, like you said at the beginning, is actually a friendly alien ship. Basically, they go to different planets where they think these aliens are going to invade uh-huh. and try and they help them out, they give them new technology to defeat the alien. Oh. And uh, they uh, they set it up right at the end there's a setup for a third film just watch alien yeah don't bother with this go see uh what was that secret life of pets go see something like that or the finding dory 
right, ladies and gentlemen, that was episode 17 of the Tom, Dick and Hyman show. Tim, thanks for joining us thank, once more. Thank you for having me. It's always fun. I'm once again. Thank you. Well, I'm exiting from this podcast very quickly because I feel very uncomfortable where the future is going. Yeah, it's complete uncertainty, isn't it? Who knows what's going to happen. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. Until next time. Mm-hmm.